Welcome to Social Media Blues, a podcast for those who struggle with social media but can't afford to get out of it. I am your hostess, Elsa Figueroa, and this is today's episode. Hi, welcome. Happy Friday. Today it is April 24th of 2020. So we're um, almost done with the first month of the second quarter of this year that hasn't started but refuses to quit. Ah, How are you doing? I hope that you are doing well and getting used to the new normal. I definitely am feeling more like this is the reality now and this is what we do. So slowly shedding, leaving behind any ideas about what it used to be and how quickly can we go back to that and learning to love what is <laughs> because that is all any of us can do. So what have I been doing a lot? Um, honestly, I've been finding more solace in doing stuff and in getting involved with projects than in laying around and doing nothing because that's what I did the first couple of weeks and now I'm feeling at my most productive of this quarantine cycle. I don't know how long that will last, but definitely it keeps me sane, keeps me from thinking too much about the future because who needs to do that? Nobody. <sighs> um, I've been watching a lot of a show called Community, which began airing, I think in 2009. I hadn't seen it before. And it's super fascinating because it started airing at that time when smartphones weren't yet mainstream and social media was, was more of a small young people thing. And so you can see the progression of that as the show progresses and you start looking at um, just the references that keep adding up in later seasons. Like for example, at the beginning, you hardly see anybody with a cell phone, like maybe there's a Blackberry or a flip phone. And in later seasons, they start referencing, spending too much time on your phone, texting. And it's a drastic shift from what had happened in the first couple of seasons. So it's interesting to watch that transition happening kind of in real time through this TV show. Um, so, Topic for today, I mentioned it in my Tuesday Blues check-in last Tuesday on my Instagram page for Social Media Blues and today I want to talk about hustling and work and how I think my relationship with work and I think a lot of people's relationship with work is changing as a result of this pandemic. And one of the things that this quarantine has highlighted and, and really brought to the surface is, is that relationship to money, specifically the direct link between money and survival. This might sound completely evident, like duh, but I want you to really think about that. In other times in human history, in other places and societies, even today, having a mostly invisible form of currency that is mostly symbolic, constantly coming into a mostly invisible place, which is your bank account, which is even more invisible nowadays that we have mostly digital uh, banking, how that's not necessarily what's required for survival in, 
in other societies at other times of human history um, or in other societies that are organized in a different way. Um, I am talking here about the basic human needs, right? So shelter, food, water, clothing. Modern capitalistic societies like the ones many of us live in have advanced to the point where constant inflow of this symbolic thing item is necessary in order to continue participating in society and even surviving. Uh, when you really stop to think about it, it is mind-blowing and a little bit disturbing. I was thinking about this as I went to do the groceries the other day. I was emptying my shopping cart um, uh, at the checkout lane and I look I looked at all the packaging my food was wrapped in, all, all the work and energy and resources that, that goes into preparing these products for consumption. There is something a little bit insane about that if you look at it in the context of human history. Like, what am I doing? I constantly put out my labor doing a specific job so that I can then go to the grocery store and buy individual products manufactured for consumption in a store. And this all led me to think about how I don't currently have the means to grow my own food and that if supermarkets were to close or become unavailable or if I ran out of money to exchange for products, I could lose access to food. The thought made me feel kind of naked, like unsafe. Um, I have been a freelancer for the past decade or so. And during that time, I have gone through many periods of vast insecurity and financial uncertainty. I have gotten used to planning my budget in order to make sure I can pay rent two to three months down the line. I am forced to always think about the next few months while also staying in charge of many other things. I need to actually complete the work I have been contracted to complete by the agreed upon deadline but also spend a good portion of my time honing my skills, trying to get new clients, tracking expenses, communicating with clients. My point is that I am used to a certain degree to the uncertainty while also managing my time and resources completely on my own. And yet, the insecurity of this situation now, and by extension, the insecurity of most middle and lower class workers in capitalistic societies, had never quite hit me like it has lately. I feel unsafe. I feel unsafe because often I'm not sure where my next gig is going to come from. Sometimes I'm working constantly, but payment is not forthcoming. Often I work for absolutely no pay, like when I spend hours upon hours a month training, learning new things or creating promotional content. I feel responsible for my success or failure, like I am walking on a tightrope, doing a balancing act 50 feet from the ground, and there is no safety net at the bottom to catch me if I trip and lose my balance. So work becomes so deeply ingrained in my identity that sometimes I am not sure where it ends and I begin. I see myself as a competent professional, a responsible business owner, and if something goes wrong, it is at least in large part, if not entirely, my fault. This is partly the reason for my unease at how social media has taken over our lives. Beyond using it to share cute pictures of our cats with our family members and memories of a trip to Europe we'd been planning for two years, 
it has now entered a stage in which we must absolutely curate our professional images for the world. The hustle now includes being our own PR managers and making it seem like we love nothing else in the world but doing the work we do. We see images of entrepreneurs smiling brightly with a dog on their laps or adorably appearing relatable with a not so messy, messy bun in bed in the morning, drinking coffee and checking their beautiful color-coded planners. How much of that is real? How much completely fabricated, fabricated in order to attract attention? And what toll does that take on one's psyche? How does it weigh on one's soul? Yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine who's shifting into a new career and she was concerned about her social media image because it did not match at all the personality that one must present to the world in order to be a professional in her new field. Long gone are the days when our social media accounts are for everything, um, mostly for social reasons, to stay in touch with friends from different contexts of our life or with family members. Now we must split ourselves into these divided selves for different purposes. A personal, private account just to be who we are, a professional self to show our potential clients and employers how competent we are. These social media accounts are surely scrutinized every time we apply for a job, when HR managers are trying to get at an inkling of who the person might be. And it's kind of unfair because some people are simply better at curating their image than others. Some people are genuinely disinterested in man maintaining a highly curated presence on social media, regardless of their age. And that says nothing about their ability, their knowledge, their competence. Yet having no social media presence is not truly an option either because that com comes up as a little bit creepy and worrisome. So I began thinking of this topic of image, identity, and work because um, that day when I, I returned from the grocery store and I had that thought, I, I contemplated, I truly contemplated the horror I feel at the thought of not having work. And it goes beyond money. It is as if work defines my place in society, gains me admittance to it. Work is and has always been my price of admittance into society and without it I, am, I feel like I am a non-entity, like I'm non-existent. This realization this stirred me deeply. I, I guess some people feel proud that they are hardworking and I, I guess I feel proud that I am hardworking but there's something strangely disturbing about this idea because of work being your identity because Again, if you think about other times in human history and other societies, the eight to five day work day is not necessarily the norm or it's not what it's meant to be. It's not what's natural to the human race. This is in a way a little bit unnatural and so relating so deeply to to your to your work and having it be so entrenched in your identity is is kind of um is worrisome i'm just saying it's it's kind of worrisome and I, I wanted to to investigate that thought i wanted to to lean into that and and see what what other possibilities might come up
the, the idea of, of um, spending days in end not doing anything, um, not attached to any work schedule, not producing anything in particular, terrifies me so that if I were to win the lottery for millions of dollars, dollars um, I would definitely keep working. <laughs> and I have kept working throughout this quarantine as much, if not more than before, but I have also been concerned with the development of this pandemic. What if my clients decided they could no longer afford me? What if I could no longer find work easily in my chosen field? What if I had to find a job that had nothing to do with the things I've spent the past decade doing? Who would I be? Who, how would that feel? Does my identity revolve solely around being a professional in a particular field and getting paid for it? Um, I ask these questions more rhetorically, again, just to investigate and, and see what might be on the other side. Of course, I'm going to keep working. Of course, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But it's just interesting to observe my thinking around work in the context of this quarantine because it is severely under threat. Like it's a huge possibility or, or it's, it's probable. It's not wildly insane to think that many, if not the majority of us, might be out of work or partly out of work after all this is said and done. But I know I am not without choices. Um, every day I come up with new ideas to tackle the challenges that might and do come up. And, and that's kind of what's actually been very soothing for me is to, to learn to trust myself that I'll be able to figure it out when the moment comes, if the moment comes. I know I can rely on myself and on others on my own creativity and ingenuity and, and, that, and that of others, my community, to come up with solutions to problems. Like I know ultimately, no matter what, I will be fine, we will be fine. But being in this context where the possibility of an end is very real, for the first time I stand back and look at my relationship to work and money. Who am I without the ability to consume, to purchase, to acquire things? What I mean is, who am I in society? What's my identity? I know ultimately who I am, what I can provide, what I am capable of, the terror lies in whether I would have a place in society. The quarantine is forcing society to wake into this dilemma. For a long time, for decades, we have defined ourselves by what we have, what we acquire, what titles we hold. We grow up, go to school, work hard to acquire a certain status, a certain number of things that mark the stages of our lives. We make fun of the guy who's still living with his parents in his 30s, pity the woman in her 40s who never learned to drive unless you live in like Europe or a place where the public transportation makes sense. In particular in the United States, being a completely independent adult means paying your entire way, education, transportation, healthcare, retirement, sickness. The less you have, the farther outside of society you exist, all the way out to the homeless, who cannot participate in society at all. And I am hoping that being faced with an ailing workforce, thousands dead and millions of people unemployed, makes us take a hard look in the mirror and that this, is, this in turn brings about radical change. We cannot emerge the same from this. Our relationship to money and work is ruthless. We live in a world that places a disturbing amount of value in the ability to work and in how much money we make. 
and in how we spend it. Can we start asking, is there any other way to go about human existence? Thank you for listening this week. As I mentioned in the Tuesday's Blue, Tuesday Blues last Tuesday, sorry, I can't speak anymore. Um, uh, I will be shifting to a bi-monthly schedule instead of weekly uh, because I have many projects that I, I want to finish, the vast majority of which are self-directed. I, I started a new YouTube channel for my studio, um, I'm managing all the online classes, teaching online classes, and creating all of the social media content. And I have a few content projects related to the studio. And eventually I would like to keep tackling my um, website for translation and writing services. So um, this is the moment where I really focus on me and my projects. I completely give them my attention. Of course, I have to take time out to, to translate, um, which is what's paying the bills right now. So um, that's, you know, number one, but once those things are managed, then the rest of the time I am devoting to these projects that I'm trying to finish so that I can have um, other revenue streams and, and keep on finishing the projects that, that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So um, I'm shifting to a bi-monthly schedule just so I can focus on that and continue to share this podcast that I love so much. So um, stay tuned. Be sure to follow Social Media Blues on Instagram because I'm there most of the time. Bear with me, this is kind of a slow going process, but um, I love this space and I love being able to share my perspectives with you. I do this mostly because I like having the space to think about these issues and to share them with someone, whoever's listening. So, Anyway, that's my spiel. Take care and I will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.